women, the world would just like turn to absolute shit. And this is your call to adventure with Ant and Luke. Pew. Welcome back to another call to adventure podcast with your main man, Ant and Luke. We've got a little bit of a pillow talk episode here today. Uh, we're a bit quieter. We've got people asleep and we're just going to lower our voice, but a little bit like Barry White, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep it low. <laughs> <laughs> and it's drinking his double bagged green tea in the morning This is the earliest we've ever done a podcast And, you know, it's been a big few days Yeah It's been it's been a monstrous few days Feeling it, feeling pretty tired Haven't done myself any justice by the food that I consumed last night With eating a second palmy in two nights And then having some vanilla slice with two beers uh, and listening to some nice Greek music It was a great evening But you will find that When you start Doing a good sleep routine And you like don't eat after 6 And you eat pretty healthy That when you eat shitty food <laughs> It fucks with your sleep <laughs> Big time And for someone like me Who has uh, nasal breathing issues I've always breathed through my mouth So my mouth gets really dry And it was hot last night Woo, It was hot but we're here. How did you sleep? Like ass. <laughs> like fucking ass. Oh, we got coffee straight from a cafe. The only thing that I'll buy from Macca's these days. I might get a bacon and egg muffin here and there, but see, it depends how I'm feeling. Yeah. What's going uh, on with you, and How are you going? Yeah, I'll, I'll make a confession. I also, also had a night where... um. I had the sweats, the sugar sweats. <laughs> when we went camping last weekend, I bought a packet of marshmallows and chocolate chip cookies. And that was the first time I ate after 8 p.m. But this time I ate after 10 p.m. <laughs> and it was rough. It was rough. But we move, we learn. We've had a few days where we've um, unwinded, relaxed, and we got some stories to share now we got some story i feel like it's fucking hot right now are you hot right now like it's pretty warm still this house usually retains a lot of heat cool cool coolness maybe i'm just still going through my sugar sweats <laughs> if um, i open the door it's gonna get warmer as a day really yeah is it gonna be hot today 30 okay yeah right yeah so the reason why i'm filming this one a bit early in the morning is in about an hour or so we're gonna hit the road Go down to the peninsula, and uh, we're going to go for our first unguided free dive mm. with Tom and a few others. Mm. We're going to go hunting for abalone and hopefully scallops. I really mm. want to go hunting for scallops. You really want to go hunting for scallops? Because yeah. abalone's going to like... Funky? Not funky, just like the texture's a bit... Yeah, you got to cook it a certain way. Yeah, scallops, right. you just chuck it on the... the the well, you pan. Can eat them fresh, mate. Yeah, and you can eat them fresh, and that was Straight nice. Out of the ocean. Yeah, that was nice. Mm. So I'm not sure we, where we want to take this one at the start. Do you want to just? Should we yeah, just we'll recap? No, nah, we'll just free, free flow it. There was something I was going to ask you when we were talking just then. We were talking about. Fuck. <laughs> it's a bit of a slow morning here. Let it come to you while I sip this. Yeah. ASMR. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. So, see, it comes to you just a bit slower in the morning. When do you think you're your most efficient, like most switched on? Do you think first thing in the morning? Do you think... In the afternoon, is there a time? Is there a place? Is there something that you've done in order to trigger your response to be in that mode? Yeah. Are we talking ninety-day average? Ah, uh, sure. All right. <laughs> in the last ninety days, I would say my sweet spot's probably like ten to eleven, just because it's like a few hours before lunch, and in my head, twelve o'clock is my trigger to eat food because mm. I I fast in the morning. But before that, it, it was it was nighttime. I had this like strong belief that I was a night owl, and that's how it was. 
so I could only be creative and productive that night. Mm. But I changed that. Mm. And yourself? That's if I don't eat marshmallows and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and don't eat vanilla slices. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like in the morning, it really depends. If I went off the last 90 days, it would have to be like, like five in the morning. I think that's when I get like a lot of brain dump when I wake up. Mm. As long as I'm feeling good and I've had a good sleep and the night before has been... You know, prepped right. You know, but then I don't think I could put like a time on it. Like I'm a morning person. I've always been a morning person. I think maybe I'm just happy-go-lucky all the time. So that's why. Yeah, but definitely in the mornings. I think by the time it's one o'clock though, now I'm like my creative juices have hit a because I've just drained all of it. Mm. Like I've hit what you know you do three or four hours of work and then I'm like cooked. Your creative juices are gone. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that because like, fuck, right now it's like, <laughs> it's not there. Oh. Like, there's, you know, this is where you do the mundane shit where you're just like, like I'll edit this after. <laughs> just be like, yeah, tap, tap, tap. Don't have to think. You were saying recently that 6am is your optimal time? Yeah, I think so. I think sleep-wise, a lot of people like the idea of 9am to 5am if you you know, the 5am club. I think there's a lot of benefit to it and I still enjoy, you know, pushing it and sometimes I like getting up at five, but I feel like personally for me, if I get, if I get sleep, like even if it's like nine to six, there's something about waking up at six for me that just feels better. It's easier to wake up at six. Yeah. Yeah. And then surprisingly, I don't know if it's just a mind game, but if I ever wake up at four randomly, like I'm up, but then I don't know if it's like because I haven't set my alarm for four. Do you ever get that? Sometimes you wake up at four and you're just, you're on. That's if, um, usually if I'm like looking, if I've got a commitment early mm. in that morning, usually mm. if it's a call or something. Yeah. Because my mind's already primed itself to yeah, be up. That's true. When you're working full time in construction, what time were you working oh, up? Fuck, it varied. It really depended on. Oh yeah, once again that that intention, that motive. But normally it'd be when I was like dialed in and I was meditating and doing all that sort of shit, it was five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But then as time got on I sort of lost that pattern. It was anywhere between six to eight because sometimes I wouldn't have to get on the tools. Sometimes I'd drag it out as long as I could just because I didn't want to have to deal with the day ahead. <laughs> yeah. Does the average tradie wake up around five, six? Yeah, I know a lot of tradies that uh, there's like two two types of tradies. There's ones that are like want to get their morning routine in, and then there's some that are like five minutes before they need to leave out the door. Absolute chaos. I was always I always enjoyed getting up earlier, but like in my young years when I was partying and shit, it was just like as much sleep as possible. As much sleep, but then you just, just groggy as fuck all day. Mm. Yeah. What, hey, you've always been pretty good with your sleep routine or... Oh, hell no. No? No, only since I did. I got into the personal development and just... Um, now, because I, I used to break so many promises to myself when it's like, oh, I'll wake up this time and mm. and it would never last. Like, I'm, I found I'm really good with sprints, like minimum 30-day sprints. I can commit to 30 days and then as soon as there's no, like accountability after 30 days it sort of crumbles but Mm. that's why um yeah that's why i made that commitment with a few guys first first doing the 5am club and that just sort of like made me really commit to it and then i was able to build a structure and a good routine with it and then yeah that book changed my life man Mm. it showed me um that waking up at 5am was like possible for me Mm. and to actually get stuff done before 9am That was insane. Like peak 5am club, man. Fuck. That was like so good. Mm. Go yeah, I was, I'm just thinking about that. Hey, when we were doing it every morning religiously for a month, the days would be done by 10 o'clock. Yeah. We'd achieved everything we needed to. And I've lost that routine, but not purposely. Just my life's been fucking chaos uh, with work and driving around and not being settled in shit. So it's been 
I'm sort of enjoying just having a bit of extra sleep because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm dr- I haven't actually stayed in the same bed for longer than a week in about four months. Mm. So it's been crazy. Yeah. With, um, with like something like the 5am club, you need to have your like one percenters dialed into your routine. Mm. We were talking about that. You can't be fucking eating shit food. Yeah. You have to do your exercise mm. at a certain time. Yeah. You just got to get these things done at yeah. at very specific times. Mm. I was also thinking about this because whenever you think of like Goggins and he's just like stay hard. It's just you can do it regardless of you. You know, like I think when we're, whenever we're looking for a challenge, we always think how are we going to make it the easiest around the challenge? Have you noticed that? So like, just like, as you said, it's like those one percenters. Yeah. So it's like, okay, my challenge this month is to wake up at 5am every day, but then everything, you make everything else around that easy. So that 5am becomes achievable where it becomes mastery is going. And this is when it was like, no excuses for me. It was like, no matter what I did, I got up at 5am. Yeah. So I remember the worst case for me was one night I had my nephews over. So they were like, six months at the time so little little babies and the parents were out so and i just got back and i was babysitting for the night and one of them was like sick and just would not settle just couldn't get him to sleep i was like fine whatever and i got to sleep at about 2 a.m and I'm, this is like middle of no excuses challenge and i'm like gotta fucking do it <laughs> got up and like i got up three hours later and did my morning routine and shit and it was like it fucking sucked but you find in those times that it's like, okay, everything is achievable regardless of how easy we've placed around it. I just think there's something in that because I've been trying to work around that. Like you use an excuse because you're like, oh, no, I didn't, I ate sugar at nine o'clock. So I'm not going to get up at five. It's so easy to make that one decision to not get up because you've ate sugar. It's like, that's, that's not, that's that's a shit excuse. That doesn't exist. Like, yeah, okay. You have a, a shit sleep okay, you might have two shit sleeps in a row, but then it's like, okay, well, I'll have a good sleep on the third night. You can do it. Like, you wouldn't have to sleep for 48 hours. You could survive. If you get, like, four hours of sleep time, you can survive. Look at mums. They do it. They they literally have to stay up all night with children, and then they get up, like, the next day and do it again and again and again and again for years. It's achievable. So it's like, yeah, dial in as much as you can, and it teaches you discipline and fundamentals to do that but then also that's when it's like the no excuses part comes in it's like fuck you gotta eat shit like it's not always and then that's that's the lesson in life isn't it it's not just gonna be a fucking walk in the park when you're trying to attain your goal when you're trying to attain your purpose it's always gonna end up back like fuck there's there's ups and then there's downs and there's that roller coaster of life and fuck you know i've been going through that down recently i'm still sort of going through it i had doubt last night I'm like, fuck, you know, like this isn't working. Da, 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 da. And I know like those times in the lowest moment are where the most growth is. And it's just like that. It's like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. I right, get up at five. Just keep fucking doing it. If you keep doing it, you win. You win. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't constantly rely on the best case scenario to to get you through. You're never gonna have optimal conditions twenty four seven. So if, if you have to rely on that for you to be like, oh, yeah, ticked all the boxes. Now I can wake up at 5 a.m. That's not going to, that's no. not sustainable. No. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to condition yourself in the, in the shit times as mm. well. Cause it's just life. Mm. Life's that, tough like that. Yeah. Life goes up and down. Mm. It's mamba mentality. It's those times when you're just, you don't want to do it and you do it. It's yeah. They're the, the most rewarding times. And you get a good gauge. You normally get a good gauge of like where your limit is, where your capacity is. You stretch it that little bit more and then you go again. Mm. Mm. But I think that was the beauty. That was the biggest lesson for me was like, you can do it no matter. Like I was fucked that day. Like yeah. I was so tired. Like I, you know, I literally I got up, I did my meditation. I was sitting out there. It was a beautiful sunrise, but I was just like, like really tired. And then my sister came out and I started talking to her and then she's like, do you want to go to the market? And I'm like, oh, I could not be fucked going to the market. But I'm like, I did. I went to the market, had like a good day, got back, ended up falling asleep on the couch at like one o'clock. But you stuck to your word. That word was getting up at 5 a.m. And then, you know, so 
Yeah, and then if you can do that in life, you can you can beat anything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've all had we've all had to pull an all nighter at some point mm. in in our life. Like it's our body's capable. You're not going to die. One one all nighter is not going to kill yeah. you. Two all nighters wouldn't kill you. Look at Hell Week. They don't sleep for like five days and they're in fucking water. Yeah, freezing their asses off. Yeah. Mm. What's your next challenge? My next challenge. Do you have any challenges coming up? Any ideas of how you want to stretch yourself? Free diving was one of those. Yeah, so free diving was a big one for me. Um, yeah, so we recently did that. Uh, could probably talk about that, to be honest. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so my challenge with that was... Had a bit of a fear, fear of the ocean. Um, but I think I sort of, like, built built up a tolerance to that just like by going doing cold dips over COVID and then doing like some surf trips but uh yeah this one the challenge for me was like so free diving for those of you who haven't done it's purely like mental physical but you're fighting against your body's urge to breathe because as you go deeper there's there's more pressure your the volume in your lungs get restricted so you feel all this like tension in your body and then your brain's like you need to fucking breathe because there's all this co2 and that causes that that stress response so as you go deeper you're literally getting deeper into the stress into your fears and yeah and it seemed like when we did the winter retreat like doing cold exposure yeah i had all these like thoughts of like oh as you go deeper um, like you're going to have hypoxia and you're going to black out or you're going to get seasick and all this, all these like, yeah, all these, all this like unresourceful self-talk. And I thought we were just doing 10 meters when we went. And the next thing you know, he's lowering the kettlebell and the rope is at like about 18, 20 meters. And then, um, yeah. And that was a big one for me because like you only meet yourself at the level that you think is a limit. Mm. So I thought 10 meters was the limit. So as soon as he said, all right, it's 18 meters, I was like, fuck. But we well, didn't know though, did you? Nah. You didn't know I it knew it was at least 15. 15. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, I remember this vividly because when I reached about the 15 meter mark and I saw the kettlebell, that's when I was like, mm. that's when you get real stress, like all the CO2 build up in your body. And that's when you're like really, really like fighting for air. Mm. Uh but then there's something that just like clicks into you when you see the goal. Mm. When you see the goal and the finish line right there. Yeah, you just, I don't know, you just kick it up. You go into like fifth gear. Yeah, so that was cool. Mm. So yeah, we both reached like 18.6 because mm. that was the limit. Yeah. And then um, such a good feeling when you get back up yeah. there. I remember, I remember when he was lowering it, I was getting ready for my dive. Yeah, and then he... And then like I was like... This can't start. He's just lowering it. I'm yeah. like, is he going? Were we up above 15 or is he like, I was like starting to get into my head because he kept lowering and it went down and I'm like, okay. And then it went down again. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like thinking, fuck, how deep am I going here? And I wasn't sure. And it's probably better that I didn't know. Um, and then he, yeah, got back up and I was like, I got back up and then he was like, oh, that was like 16.6. I was like, oh, I thought it was a bit deeper. But then you did it and then it was 18.6. And he was like, hold on, like, this doesn't make sense. And like, he hadn't changed the thing. And then, yeah, he went down and did the dive and it was 18.6. So I'd done it in even two meters, more meters than I thought. Yeah. Which is crazy because you're like, oh, fuck, I did 16.6. And then he's like, no, you did like an extra two meters, which is technically an extra four meters. So like when we're saying 18.6 meters, that's... 37.2 meters because you're going down 18.6 but then you're coming oh, up 18.6 yeah, yeah. so you're thinking like length of the pool yeah but you're going down oh. so yeah. you get halfway to the pool in like a big swimming pool and then you cut you come back up yeah okay so because you got to remember it's twice yeah so that's like almost 40 meters underwater damn going down was 18.6. Yeah. So coming back up is the same. Yeah, okay. So I googled 18.6 is roughly four giraffes so standing giraffes. on to each other. So yeah. eight giraffes in total we swam. Yeah. That's hectic, man. Mm. Yeah, that's hectic. 
but like you said like and then that even ties into the whole no excuses thing you know the, we're we're a prisoner to our mind we yeah. are we and and the, the real the real fact is, is you can at the end of the day if you had to stay underwater for like another 30 seconds you'd be able to like if you had to yeah like something was at the surface ready to eat you and you had to just wait there for another 30 seconds you would just like because the thing is you'd forget about your breath you'd just be like oh, fuck go go and then it'd come back in and then you're like okay fuck like how long do I have here like what do I have to do nuts nuts absolutely nuts and like you talked about how heightened senses when you're down there for me the deep blue is scary there's something about middle when you you know you've got like you've got top top of sea level and then you've got like floor bottom floor and then in between there's nothing and the visibility in melbourne's fucked it's absolutely fucked so it would have been like three meters visibility it was shocking like that was the worst i've seen it anyway so you're only like you can only see like three meters in front of you right and then i like if you see anything like move in, and then i like saw the kettlebell so many times i'm like fucking shit and like scared because it was like there was two kettlebells so there was something in the distance and you see it and like that's like that's the scary part for me but then when i see the bottom floor like i'm fine yeah that was almost comforting scene yeah because you're in this abyss of nothing yeah and because the visibility is so poor it gives it that extra like fuck i can't i don't know what's around me like there could be a shark fucking 20 meters away and i'd have no idea did you did you ever think that oh, there was i didn't think there was a shark like it crossed my mind but i'm like the the thought that always comes back to me is the biggest reason that people get killed in the water is because of human behavior yeah that was always the thing that comes back to me so it's like and then i've seen um videos of like shot like great whites and people just like patting a great white so i'm like you know what like i feel like if i'm gonna get eaten by a shark i'm gonna become the shark <laughs> and it's like pretty cool way to die but at the same time you still shit yourself and you just but you sort of like trust that yeah like i feel like if i just stay still and just don't be a fucking spastic and swim and get scared of the shark, then I'll be fine. Mm. The the pro pro divers that we were taught by they they literally kept repeating back to us. It's the whole aim of the game of this game of free diving is just to be able to quiet the mind, mm. just like let go of all this self talk because that's the thing that's going to uh, like push you to want to to catch that breath and go back into the surface when really you're, you're only 20% mm. in to, to what you're capable of. Mm. And as soon as, as soon as I stopped rushing, as soon as I just like really sunk into it, that, yeah, when I've really started to become one with the, the environment, that's when, that's when I started seeing the, the improvement in my performance mm. under there. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many life lessons in that, hey. So many life lessons in the stillness, the art of stillness, the, the still, like the art of your breath and all that sort of shit. Yeah, it was wicked. Man, you can learn so much under there. Because mm. you're literally fighting against every human instinct. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, it's just a minefield of, of the unknown. You look around and you can't see shit. Mm. So you, you're just left with whatever fears your mind will project mm. and then you, you obviously know that's it's it's not the case so now it's like up to you to have the yeah the the ability to to navigate it while you're in a world that's not not yours like mm. not your own not mm. something that you used to mm. and that, that's why I like surfers and divers when i see them above the ground they're just so relaxed like they're so relaxed yeah. well one you're being immersed in in nature itself you're you're part of the earth when you're submerged in water but then also i think yeah it, it comes back to the whole stress thing when you the way that you stress your body and you stress your mind is the way that you'll perceive how simple the world is outside of those stresses when you're in a mode where you're like any moment i could be eaten by a fucking shark nothing else matters mm. and then you get out and you're like 
shit, nothing does matter. Because <laughs> nothing does. I talk about this in my event all the time. It's like the levels to which you choose your stress are, which, are the, like that to what you perceive the world. Yeah. Because like when you have to survive, nothing else matters. Yeah. Yeah. After survival, we need to met. It's a, now we get to choose our stress, yeah. our yeah. level of stress. Yeah. The, it's always like uh, put your put your mask on first on the airplane when it's crashing, if yeah. it was crashing, so you can help others after once you, you know you got to protect yourself and then protect others like because without you being protected you can't and yeah like fuck you really think about the stress that we choose to have today it's, it's ridiculous yeah oh, like, we all do it let's be real like we all have those stresses but now the like i choose my stress some some stresses i don't like they're just conditioned but yeah like my stress is like fuck how am i gonna build this business like, how am I going to make it work? Like, I've got to make it work right now. Like, I have to. Like, there's no other option but to just keep going. And then the other stresses that I do, like cold showers in the morning, like, you choose it because you choose to put yourself in a, in a painful position so you don't feel pain outside. Like, it's the simple little things like that. That's mm. why you do it. It's like, I don't, like I, I don't really... Yeah, I feel amazing as well, but, like, the health benefits aren't the main reason why I do cold exposure. It's the mind battle. Yeah. Mm. Well, then... I think it's, I think this is where the biggest benefit is, is doing these activities now because <clears throat> through each of these activities, we're stretching our bandwidth and we know we're exploring more of our limits. And then when it comes to like running an event or speaking and facilitating a workshop, it it's like nothing when it comes to like having to go out at 2am for a hunt or mm. walk up a mountain for three hours. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> did, did night dive skate like how yeah much, oh, that's why but I that's why i want yeah. the. that's why there's such a pull to do it yeah imagine not being able to see anything but like the light oh <laughs> bro hectic that would be so mental for me man mm. yeah so that's probably the next step man yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because i yeah i i knew like this free diving thing i didn't want it to just be a one and done thing. Like now that I've been in there, like it's same with like being on the mat. You you gotta, yeah. You could either let it just be a one time thing, or you can choose to to start incorporating into your lifestyle. So I definitely want to get into the water a lot more for sure. Mm. And you do feel amazing after. Like yeah, yeah. How yeah, good yeah. was that moment when we're sitting at the the pub? Yeah, just overlooking the ocean felt like we were in a different country mm. yeah because you because you know you just know you've exposed yourself to so much stress over a sustained period of time and then it's like you generally feel like you deserve to kick your feet off of it because mm. mm. you yeah you're constantly just in this heightened response and the stress response so that's why i always think of vikings you know you watch the the series vikings and after wars they just get absolutely oh yeah yeah celebrate and they they drink and they feast and they tell stories yeah that was literally like what happened like we were on the battleground together yeah stretching our bodies and then we went and had a beautiful meal and then we were telling stories and having great times yeah and sitting in the aura of each other's company but we did that together fuck yeah yeah and the bondage that you you create with the individuals that were on that you know yeah experience with you because mm. you look around and everyone's going through their own shit you mm. can see it mm. but it's like this uh because everyone's going through it together there's just like that that natu- naturally there's this like energetic bond mm. that everyone can sort of feel mm. yeah it's dope the power of community and i feel like it's one of the most there's no no need for judgment at all like i think once you've experienced something together and you share the experiences of what you went through together, like you remove any judgment of like, oh, you know, like they could have done better or da 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 da. You were just like living in the moment, sort of thing. Um, I think there's something in that. Yeah, just being able to actually experience things together. Because mm. like, I think all the shit that we do, like I, I've never cast judgment on you since we've started doing shit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. We've experienced things together and we've just lived yeah and then we tell stories and we do this and <laughs> there's yeah it's only like supportive shit yeah whether that's just us as individuals or whether that's just like experiencing things with the community yeah having said that i 
like I needed you to be able to touch the the 18.6 because I one thing for me is I I just revel in surrounding myself with people who are also in the pursuit of exploring mm. their limits mm. and if they are achieving things that I didn't think was possible I I need that like mm. I need to see evidence of what's mm. possible for them and therefore myself so do you reckon if I didn't do it you wouldn't have done it no I would have fucking tried yeah but It would have definitely been a different sort of mental game because it's like I don't I haven't seen anyone do it yet mm. type of thing yeah like the four minute mile when yeah. um yeah it's hot, that whole thing like what we think um going to space was impossible a few decades ago and then as soon as we we yeah. touched the atmosphere and now we've done like over a thousand trips up there yeah. so it's yeah it's just like that mm. yeah that's true yeah that's funny, hey. Like I feel I feel like that's where one of my leadership qualities comes out naturally is like it it's like I want to push myself and like I don't actually do it to be like, hey, like and I've done it. Mm. I just do it to for myself. Yeah, yeah. To challenge myself, to stretch myself, to push myself to that limit. But then your ability to do something and push yourself without other people pushing you gives other people the opportunity to do it themselves yep and it's not like you wouldn't push yourself anyway like you do push yourself you do stretch yourself but yeah it's cool to hear that yeah Mm. yeah that's i think that's that's a big leadership trait Mm. because you're willing to walk through the fire not not for uh any like self pleasure or anything like that you just know that you need to get on the other side and you don't need to wait for anyone to do it first Mm. you just got to do it Mm. and then the byproduct of that is people get to see Mm. that it is possible yeah yeah some people just sometimes they just need a light shown Mm. to to where the path is i'd be curious if it's like, yes, it's a leadership quality that I possess, but it's also a leadership quality that you would possess. And I think yeah. it's <clears throat> it's also what we're better at as well. Yeah. Because I feel like naturally, like I'm gifted in water. Like I yeah. can swim well. So I feel like naturally I'm like, okay, I'm going to push myself further and further and further in here because I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, but then it was like, if we did running or something, <laughs> you would just like, you'd keep running and I'm like, oh, like I just gotta keep going. Yeah, yeah. But and that's that also played a part because I was like, I know Luke's done scuba. I know he's he's uh yeah he's capable in the water, mm. which also gave me even more of an edge because I'm like, okay, if I can if I can keep up with him, I know I'm on the right track mm. type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think we we both naturally have that trait because. um I mean, we've seen it all the time in in the activities that we're doing, yeah. and we hear it, we hear it as yeah. feedback from yeah. a lot of people. Um, but like that's why, like our relationship works so well because mm. like you're constantly pushing myself, I'm constantly doing my mm. pushing myself, mm. and this goes back to the whole topic of like everyone's watching, yeah. or a lot of people watching. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, 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 and then that competitive nature as well. It's like no, yeah. Yeah, he can do it. I can do it. Yeah, yeah. Just constantly raising the stakes, yeah. raising the bar. Mm. But it's, but we're not just raising the bar for ourselves. Like the people yeah, who are following yeah. us, yeah. people close to us, man. Well, yeah. It's literally, we're just showing what's possible for you, and we can guide you on that 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 rope down down to the abyss. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's oh, there's gonna be so many metaphors and lessons from yeah. from diving, man. Yeah. Definitely. All right, I got a question for you. Okay, here we go. Because uh, I, I posted this on Facebook and I got some interesting responses, but I feel like you're you're well versed in this in this space, and I feel like you've got a good answer for this. So, ah, no pressure. But <laughs> no the question pressure. is: once you take away the financial status, the social standing of a man. Once you take away all of that, where does a man find his value? 
when you take away his financial status yeah financial status social status when you take away all the societal expectation where does a man find his value Or what determines a man's value? What determines a man's value? I think what is his belief within himself, really. Mm. Like, I don't think... Once you remove everything... Like, are we talking, like, just status, or... When we just... I guess when you just strip back all... All the... Conventional expectations of who a man is like he's beyond just seeing him as a resource or seeing him as a dollar figure or seeing him as as this um, high net worth individual mm. when you strip away all of that how does a man determine his worth this question's from the way of the superior man really? that's why I ask it yeah it was a really good question. I want to say his connection towards I'm just trying to like like I can I know the answer but I'm trying to articulate in a way because I'm trying to think of the question in so many variables because it's like, are we are we talking like when we go back in the day and it was just primal living and there was no status, only the status of leadership and going to war and, but then it's like, that's still status, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think if I was to give you some like guidance on the answer, just... It's not so... It, yeah, go. A, just something that's universal, like transcends a time period transcends time period like it's just bit basic like what the way he loves the way he loves yeah the way he loves others the way he loves himself the ways that he holds himself mm -hmm. yep. yeah and his connection to the world around him yep love connection yeah yep yeah so a few of the frequent ones was like it, it really went back to basics of just like his his level of respect his kindness, connection, and then it goes back to... But doesn't level of respect like mean status? Well, this is... No, because this is what I mean. Respect is like... There's three ways. It's like respect of self-respect, mm -hmm. the level of respect to your family, and then also to like friends, but the greater, greater population. Mm -hmm. um, Dan had a good answer. He was like... He rallies, rallies himself in three different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that 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 makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, if 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 you strip away everything, it just comes to internal, the way that he mm. holds himself. Yeah, because as long as he's grounded within himself, he knows what he wants. He knows what all his desires. Nothing else really matters. So he doesn't need to be valued. Mm. And then the only thing outside of respect and status that a man actually wants is love and connection. Yeah, from an intimate partner. Yeah, yeah. And having family. Yeah. And that's bearing it back to basics. Yeah. And then a few people ask, well, is that the same for women? No. What What would be the difference? I think women... It was actually... I saw something along on this actually recently, like without women the and like outside of reproduction, the world would continue until that last group of men died. And if there were no men around and it was only women, the world would just like turn to absolute shit because that, that all the hard work is done by males. All the building, all the infrastructure, the world would just like collapse because it'd just be in chaos. So the things that women wanted to be set, like to be safe and to be seen. So without men, like what would their what value be based on? I couldn't, I can't answer that. So what's your opinion on the, I guess the argument that if the world had only men in it versus if the world had only women in it, yeah. the world with the men 
would be able to keep running. sustain itself yeah, a lot sustain longer. itself until they die but if it was just women like how are they going to get their food mm. how are they going to build homes keep talking on that because this may be this may shake 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 things up a bit. <laughs> what yeah. yeah what's yeah what where's your stance on that so Where's men will be able to... Men would be able to continue to hunt for their food. They'd be able to eat. They'd be able to gather. They'd be able to do their primal, primitive nature, live in their primitive nature of being able to, to, to provide for themselves, to protect themselves from other males. Um, and then, but like women, they rely on the providing from males to survive. Mm. Like we the world would be fucked like it, let's let, let's be clear that like if it was just males we would hate it it'd be depressing yeah fuck. we need women we, we need women it. yeah but the world would keep on going mm. whereas like if it was women it it wouldn't keep going as in well if you if if we put up the logical argument of like okay now we have to fend for ourselves go back to survival survival situations a man up against a, a bear or a lion yeah. or a tiger yeah yeah physical strength mm. but then you go okay cool so the world's set up pretty easily right now um let's say just now all men are eradicated from the earth women would be able to survive for probably like 20 years because everything's like set up i'm sure they would potentially figure out a way maybe but like that need for love and to be safe and to be seen like it just they would go nuts i think and then like all the like they would have to learn to build and learn to do everything that males know how to do um yeah it'd be interesting would you say without speaking in absolutes majority of women and females are wired to be more emotionally emotional thinkers yeah, well, they're, emo well, they're, not, they're not logical. They're emotional. Mm. Like they would, like the idea of having no men, <laughs> they would, like they'd probably like kill themselves. Whereas men like can survive without women, but like they wouldn't want to. So mm. they'd probably like there'd be heaps of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, we're talking hypotheticals. It's nothing like yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Touch wood, that never happens. Cause, yeah, yeah, but. Yeah, I think what was interesting to, to just see the way people answer that is there was some women in the comments that were saying that they would actually subscribe to that idea. What's that? That all men are well, Like we, yeah, like we, there's more of a need to to have men in those like leadership roles and making sure the ship's steady. Fucking nice. Fuck, they like, <laughs> there's these boss bitches and bad bitches that they think that they don't need a man. But like they're getting absolutely drilled on socials now. Like there's so many podcasts and talking about like just like there's these chicks that are like, oh, you know, I'll sleep with whoever I want. And then the guy's like, okay, who the fuck are you gonna marry? And they're like, no, 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 no. And then they're like, but like, who are you gonna marry? Like you don't get to choose. Like nobody, no guy wants to be with these chicks. Hey, oh, did you you watch that podcast, right? Which one? Andrew Tate and Brittany Renner. Like she's like an Insta ho. She's like. She's oh, built, I sort of watched it. Yeah, she's built fame around hooking up with like high status men and NBA players and professional athletes. Yeah. And now she's like over over thirties, has a kid, single mom, and no man wants to That's affiliate right. yeah. with her. Yeah, because she's like you know. Yeah, she's used goods. Yeah, yeah, but like, why would you? Why would you want to do that? Oh, you know, someone might find her and mm. like whatever. In like, terms of like a life partner you hear all of that and mm. you know yeah you know all the things she's done it's like mm. yeah no that does that does play in your mind mm. for sure yeah i've i've heard the saying um women are the gatekeepers of sex and men are the gatekeepers of marriage right so it's like women can sleep with whoever they want <laughs> but at the end of the day it's yeah, I don't like it's. I swear to God, the, the, it's the most least attractive thing is a woman in her masculine. Like I'm, or I'm so happy for some chick to have a business and and to like kill it. Like that doesn't that doesn't fucking bother me, but it's like, 
when they're like relying on that to be their life, they're like, they need to do this. They need to do this. They're in this constant masculine state. It's like the most unattractive thing to me because it's like, when do you ever fucking relax? Like I need feminine, like I need the feminine in me. Like my Mm. job is to be masculine and I'm like masculine as fuck now. Um, I do tap into my feminine. Like I do, I do have stillness. I'd say it's like 80, 20. I'm not denying that I get feminine, but I'm like women get in their masculine as well. That's when they're, you know, driven and ambitious and they do all that sort of shit and they work and they, they kill it and they do well. Like, fuck yeah. There's so many opportunities for you to kill it. But for me, like, I just want to check that is wants to do that, has her thing and then fucking cooks for me <laughs> and nourishes and cleans and shit like that. Like, that's what I want. That's what I'll get. End of story. Mm. I don't, I used to like tiptoe around the idea of, oh, you know, like, oh, should like clean? Like, I'll help clean. It's not like I'm not going to fucking help clean and cook some nights. It's just like, there's, for me, the most heartwarming thing is when a woman cooks a meal for me made for, like, I fuck it, it bring, almost brings me to tears because I'm like, that is like nourishment and that is so fucking rare these days because it's like, she's just cooked, like, that's her way of showing me love. And, like, I've provided and I've protected her that she has the time to cook for me and spend time doing those things without having to, like, hate them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, there's all these chicks that work fucking five days a week. Of course they don't want to fuck cook. Men don't want to cook because they work six days a week. It's the same. Like, I always ask, do, like, every time I go on a date, it's like, do you enjoy cooking? <laughs> and if they're like, well, I actually ask, can you cook? and they're like if they're like no i was like oh okay interesting and then i'm also like do you enjoy cooking and they're like some chicks are like yeah some chicks are like no and it's like cool some chicks don't have to enjoy cooking that's fine whatever but i feel like maybe the reason they don't enjoy cooking for their man is because they've never had a masculine man provide and protect for them to make them feel safe and then have that connection and like make them want to respect him mm. and cook for him and nourish him and do all the things that the feminine enjoys because there's no masculine men around. Yeah, so that was that was there for my question because like it's easy to to say that there's a lot of um well yeah, like it's a you said it was a turn off for for females that are heavily in their masculine, but it's it's like the chicken and egg debate. Is it because there's a huge rise in feminine males that are causing 100%. This? Yeah. It's it's a huge rise in masculine females that are creating feminine males but like is it vice versa or is it it is vice versa yeah oh i feel like the movement is for like feminists for for women to be badass bitches to be independent to be all this and their core like biology in their biology they're they just want to be safe and seen and they want a loving family like that's it's like what they want hey everyone can be different everyone can want different things but like at the end it's like that's all males want as well mm. is they want a family and then they want status and they want respect and the respect to me is like my woman cooking for me and cleaning for me mm. and there's women out there that enjoy doing that so fellas if, if you're listening and you want that it's okay to want that yeah don't listen to the agenda oh no women like in the kitchen making a sandwich it's like yeah you don't have to say go make me a sandwich bitch like that's that's that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. toxic yeah. that's toxic it's like she genuinely cooks you because she wants to she wants to nourish you like mm. that's a relationship like that's healthy when you're like ordering her around to do this 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 and this that's toxic mm. <laughs> but yeah like fucking strive for greatness don't bring like we need to be more like that we need to be more like hey like this is what I want and then like it throws a lot of chicks off because they're like well they're not used to that level of authority in front of them because they're so used to being the authority mm. and it throws them off because they've been working so long they've been doing this they've been doing that they're like oh I'm a badass bitch I don't need no man <laughs> we both need each other yeah yeah I think that's an important point that you end on that so what I gather from that is they don't be don't want your woman to cook for the sake of her just cooking you need to just be really clear that that's what you that's your way of receiving love from a woman yeah and that's going to amplify your love for her 
in the relationship even more yeah. and you're gonna want to that's gonna urge you on and and increase your drive in the way you provide and go out into the world and face discomfort and mm. come back and nourish her and provide for mm. her. Here's the thing. If you provide, protect, you make her feel safe, seen, you're vulnerable, you listen, you do all the things that a masculine man does, she will want to do those things for you. Yeah. It's it's on us. Like we have to be the ones that are like creating that space. It is. It's on us. And and that's the thing. You will filter out so many women by doing that. So many fucking women. My my select selectiveness now is through the root. Like it's very minimal who I'm actually interested in. Mm. You have to hit a lot of markers. Because once I decide like you're my woman, you're my fucking woman. Simple as that. Mm. Like I'll give you everything. Yeah. As long as you hit hit the markers for me. And like, yeah, women can want the same thing. Like, I yeah. want a ma- like, I want these markers from a man. Fucking no. Yeah, but but also as a woman, wouldn't you rather have all the markers directly communicated and laid out for you? Yeah. Instead of playing this guessing game yeah. for two years and then five years into the relationship, you, yeah. you figure out all these things aren't in line with what yeah. you want. Yeah, it's like <laughs> for women. I know, like, I've spoken to women about this and. like I've spoken to feminine women about around this as well and it's like certainty clarity direction I mean that certainty and clarity the same thing but like clarity and direction being assertive with what you want telling them what you want they froth that shit because they're like they don't want to have to decide what to do right they know what they want they want you but they're like when you're decisive and you're clear on what you want it makes them a little bit wet it does. And then when you're not, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, babe. Like, let's, let's, yo, where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know where I want to go. It's like, it's just flaky as fuck. And then you wonder why you're not getting your dick wet. So, yeah. Georgia recently shared on her stories that a guy went up to her and asked her out. And then she just straight up laid it mm. all out on him. Like, this is what I expected, man. This is what I want. Yeah. X, Y, Z. Laid it all out. And she was like, Previously, she would hold back on that, but mm. this time she felt naturally, it felt very natural for her to just like mm. communicate all that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? How would you like react to that? Uh, it would, would like, well, now, I don't know. If it was from a stranger, it'd probably throw me off a little bit. I was just like, fuck, well, not expected. But at the same time, I'd probably be kind of attracted to it because it's like, oh, fuck, she knows what she wants. They've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. They're thinking long term. And anything that is as open and expressive as about that would just mean that everything's clear from the start. Mm. The difference is you just don't unconsciously say yes without even having a thought just because you want to take her out on that date. Yeah. Like you need to also be looking upwards and being like, oh, calculating and almost computing, being like, oh yeah, this this is actually what I want. See, also, also on that point, like if someone, like a chick said that to me, I'd be like, okay like respect it but also you should never listen to words from a woman it's her actions so i would be like okay i'm glad that she knows that but then like let's test the theory out because words are just words Mm. so you would take it take it take it with a few grains of salt yeah i'd be like oh fuck yeah she knows what she wants but then also i'd be like let's test out what you actually want yeah you know because like and that's another thing like courting Going out on dates, it's like you should be dating a chick for like a year before you fucking make any serious, serious decisions because you need to find out everything about this person. It's not like don't don't just rush into a relationship. Mm. Don't just like make everything official. And, yeah. And then what was that look? Oh, I just had a, a cool thought. Finish your thought and then I'll share it. <laughs> um, yeah, don't, don't rush into it because once you're a year in and you've, you've like already made everything official and you're not figuring out the groundwork yet, you will, you, you may regret it. Yeah. This is what it sounds like to me. All right. This is what I've connected it to. People approach dating courtship and getting into relationships like they do with streaming services, like subscriptions. You get the 14 day, 30 day trial. And then after that, they just commit to it. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you, you're bearing the cost three months a year down the line and going oh shit i'm still paying for this yeah yeah Yeah, fucking hope you're paying for it Mm. because you only gave yourself 30 days to really try it yeah and especially when it comes to a relationship it's Mm. like bare minimum yeah 
but then people are, are committing long term yeah. committing their life to yeah to it in a rush but that, that, there's so much around that like you, that's a rabbit hole you could go down mm. like all the uncertainty within yourself rushing into a relationship to fill a void yeah it's yeah. like that's a whole rabbit hole <laughs> fuck we're at 56 minutes now I went quick yeah when I looked down and it was 10 minutes I was like oh this is is this gonna be a long one but no the last the last 20 minutes have flown by yeah is there is there any other takes around the the masculine feminine while we're on it um oh there's fuck once again man like how many podcasts do you have you could go through this for hours on end or any like just recent imprints downloads um, affirming just how thoughts. weak men are today <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just think we live in a boy world what has what has shown you that more more than anything recently Like why that thought now? Because that's that's obviously a recurring theme. I just look at it as like a a sheep world, and I know like boys are sheep, men are lions. Boys follow, men lead. There's just no. Only I only know this because I was there. And like I say it because I've faced these challenges. Like I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't say this without mm. having having known what it feels like to be in that mentality mm. and just be like, Oh yeah, no, like I was a boy. Mm. I was a boy. Like I'll happily admit that. But our lack of courage in today's world just shows how weak we are and just shows the boy mentality we have and how we want to stay in safety and how we want to stay in comfort our entire lives. That's why I think it's a boy world because, yeah. Well, oh, I was going to, okay. Cut in if, if, if you need to correct this, but has the, has, it, has this been spurred on with the level of uh, men that are giving you their word and committing to certain things and then backing out? Because you spoke about this on yeah. your story, and I yeah. really, really rated that. Yeah, I th- like I had to check myself from coming from a bruised ego when I did write that, and I don't like I don't believe there was a place of bruised ego. Like I genuinely just see the world as like that week that you can't even. Yeah, like I get it. I, like I get it. I spoke about two points, right? There's two reasons that you're backing away, and one being like you're terrified of the idea of change. And that's like I get it. You know, like I've been there. I know what it's like. And then there's also like you're just full of shit. So, but don't go back on your word. It's like, that's the biggest thing. Mm. That is such a a big, important thing about your life as a man, especially. Well, that's where your self-worth is determined. Yeah. Like if you honor your word. So, yeah, there's just like flakiness and it's just boy mentality just so many boys and it's like that I, I guess that's what's one of my challenges as being a men's coach is bringing that out of a boy you know and trying to encourage them to want to change and do all that sort of shit which makes it challenging in some aspects considering how far we've gone the other way and that's why it's like my duty to but yeah man there's so many so many things that have elaborated on that you know like that's you know fleeing from a conversation that like it's not being able to find the courage to change you know that's like avoiding conflict that's avoiding confrontation that's avoiding the, the pain that's with inside that comes up that uncomfortable feeling and then not facing it we've all been victims of that we've all done it you know like i've backed away from approaching women like i've backed away from approaching strangers i've backed away from business opportunities i've backed away i've done it it's not like but like i get back up and i go again i don't fucking run like yeah i've made learned something in that and then reassessed and gone back and kept trying kept trying and kept trying and like fuck i've been trying for like 16 months on some things and only just getting it but i've kept trying yeah. i've kept fucking trying and like these guys it's like yeah people just give up so easily there's no courage and like that word keeps coming up for me and it keeps standing out whenever i see it the word courage being courageous being strong seeing exactly what you want 
being clear on it and then going and getting it that's that's healthy masculinity and that is lacked in today's world because there's so there is like i would say there's i'm not even going to put a percentage on it because i can't but there's so many men out there that want something different and they don't go and get it they'd rather just sit in a place of comfort and have their have their women walk all over them and bully them and I want this, I want this, I want this, and then da 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 and They give it to them, so they work hard. Oh, you know, like the whole boss of the house thing too. Like, oh, the boss. She's the boss. She's the boss. It's like, eh, not in my household. Mm. What are you thinking? Just... Oh, it's also making me check in. Is there a part of, like, can I ask you a question? Is there a part of you that is, there's still parts that you're scared to, like, express on socials? On socials? Yeah, or even just in general. Mm, Well, my biggest thing with, with this topic is I'm still, I'm still, I'm going to encourage you to, like, stretch the limits here. Yeah, well, I've spoken about it to you. My, my thing is still, being able to relentlessly voice what I want to say, especially what's something with women. You, what's something that you wanted relentlessly voice? Well, not... Uh, so f- just as a recent example, like I, get a, I got a message from a pretty, like a, like this, this woman that I've, I'm attracted to. Like we went uni and stuff and she's just been following my stuff and she messaged me, like praised me a bit. And uh, I just find myself still hesitating on being like following through on the feeling of what I want to say mm-hmm. versus like I'm still in my head calculating. What do you want to say? Don't show like my now. Just like my intent to, to pursue her. Yeah. Well, go on, message her. I already, I already did. You did? Yeah. Yeah, sick. But like I'm saying that there's still... Mm there's still uh, like resistance and a few steps of like thinking about the message and crafting it before just saying I don't think there's anything wrong with that though. Yeah, I just don't like that I I have to delay sending a message for a few hours just for the sake of like... A few hours, okay, that's... Just for the sake of me going, oh, is this like, is this the masculine way and shit like that? I I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, how uncomfortable do you feel not adding like a haha or a lol at the end of your message? Well, yeah, that you, I remember when I that was tough at the mm. start. Yeah, that was, so it's like yeah, it's just like it's like unlearning all these things that have been had felt so mm. normal and yeah. so required, but now it's yeah, now it's just pushing through that. Mm. Uh, but no, I think right now I'm I'm getting a lot more comfortable with. Uh, sharing my controversial takes on socials mm. because I and I mentioned this to a student recently is like it's, you can't be showing up as your best self on especially on socials twenty four seven because then you're only exposing you know maybe thirty or forty fifty mm. percent of yourself and yeah. then that's what people are going to buy into yeah and then you're going to attract people who only want fifty percent of you yeah and that's like so mm. so leaky yeah. Yeah, and then we mentioned that too. It's like you, you, ideally you lay it all out there and then you, you really filter down and track mm. the people who are generally connected yeah. to you. But then again, then you're fighting against all the, all your instincts of like acceptance and connection from, from people. But Yeah, but then once you condition yourself to that, you, you, your neediness levels drop even more. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think, you know, that's been a big switch for me, especially in the last week. Just whatever I'm thinking, I just post now. Mm. And it, a lot of it's pretty brutal, but it's sort of needed. I think my messaging is like, it needs to be that brutal as well as having the, the opposite side of, you know, love and connection and all that sort of shit. Um, but it feels right to me. Yeah. Just as long as that, like that is you in that mm. very moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, anything else you feel called cool to share? 
just quickly on the that was when you start getting reactions from other people and they're normally negative that's when you know you're posting the right shit mm. and I've been getting a bit of that lately mm. pushback yeah 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 which is it's like it's you get you gotta get used to it cause it's like it's always negative and it's like why the fuck are you following me but yeah you know you're hitting triggers yeah so what's your perspective on those type of individuals is it like uh, oh empathy. block them or empathy go away empathy or? yeah like it if it triggers me it knows that I've got something to work on yeah cool which is always good but then also like okay like don't react in an emotional state and then also just let it sit yeah and then they normally forget about it mm. and then you forget about it and you mm. move on um, just be wary but you just you know that these people that are reacting you're hitting the trigger yeah so you're hitting exactly what you need to be hitting mm. yeah do you wish they weren't hating do you appreciate no, them no I do, do you I appreciate it? them yeah like yeah. I appreciate the hate like it's not nice I don't you know you got to get used to it mm. I don't enjoy reading negative comments like it's not great but like I respect the fact that people are voicing yeah, their opinions yeah, yeah. But like I know from a place of love and empathy that it is, it's a trigger for them. Yeah. Because mm. like if you have a need to react on social media, like it's a big trigger. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah, I'm also at that stage where like, <laughs> it's like, it's like Joker to Batman. Oh, I need them and they, they equally need me. Yeah. But it's like such a, it's a, it's not a, it's not a. It's not a conventional relationship because it's like you guys are going back and forth on fucking social media, which is a foreign thing as is in the grand scheme of history. But like, I need them to, to spur on the discussion. Like without them, there's no discussion. It's just like, what if you put out a post and all you're getting is praise, like constantly getting praise and there's no progression in terms of like the, the discussion, which is why we're here. We're here to sort of push boundaries into to get people to think, mm. not just be like, love this, 100, 100, mm. fire heart emoji, <laughs> right? Because yeah. we're, we're not here to do that. No. Nah. Like we're no. not... Well, considering what we're trying to do is change 90% of mm. or 95%. And change people. is uncomfortable and yeah. change will trigger, pe- yeah. trigger people. Yeah, that's why it's... Tom did such a good post about this. He was just talking about how whoever's in the coaching industry, like props to you for sticking around because of how challenging it is and yeah. the adversity that we have to face. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're, we're also constantly in a, an upward spiral. Mm. Like we're, we constantly have to evolve and adapt and change with the times, not only the times, but ourselves. Mm. So, mm. and then also to put that out there in real time. Mm. But that's what, that's what's needed. All right. All right. Thanks, All right. That's a wrap on this episode. Talk to you soon. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Ciao.